0: Hello and welcome to an all new episode of the spotlight. I am your host Kente all the way live from Los Angeles, California, and this is episode number 270. And I'm joined by my wonderful co-host the one and only Jen. How are you doing Jen?
1: I'm doing awesome. Absolutely positively awesome. Super excited about our guest today.
0: Yes, it's going to be uh, an, a great amazing show. Also joining us is Grayson, whose birthday is this week.
2: Yes, three more days. Three more days. Let's right,
0: we're going to celebrate, too. I'll oh, please yeah. Please. And, uh, of course, joining us, our guest tonight is Harley uh, Waylon. And, um, Harley, we're going to um, get to you in a second. But I, I want to ask uh, the ladies this question. You know, today is International Dog Day. Today. And um, I have a question for you. What is your favorite breed of dog, Jen?
1: My favorite breed of dog, Dalmatian. They're mean, but I love them.
0: Really, Dalmatians? Huh, okay.
1: Yeah, I love Dalm. I had a Dalmatian when I was younger, which probably explains
2: why I love them so much.
0: Okay. What about what about you, Grayson?
2: Hmm. Well, it's like obviously I've had multiple Shih Tzus, so obviously I must have something for them.
0: Okay, Shih Tzus. Okay. All right. Um, well, I like I like the Rottweiler though. Those are yeah, they're very cool. Those are cool dogs, man. Yeah, and those you,
1: are loyal dogs.
0: You get them young too, man. They will love you like no other, and they will be by your side. I mean, you know, most dogs are like that too, but definitely a Rottweiler. Uh, I would say that's that that would be my favorite uh, breed. Uh, but my last dog was a um, Chihuahua. So, oh, wow. yeah, right. And uh, it was a weird combination for me, you know. But, you know, they, what they say, uh, you don't select dogs, dogs select you. Yeah.
1: Oh, yeah.
0: Yeah. So uh, I felt like, uh, you know, he he was a sickly dog. And as, you, as some of you guys know, and um, I took him in, rescued him. So he only had like a month to live. But uh, oh. it was sad, but it was a great month for me because uh it was a cool bonding thing so uh so it's international dog go if you can rescue a dog go to your local shelters and uh it's a it's it's a beautiful thing but uh, i think the next dog i get though is going to be a, a healthy puppy though because i can't go through that again the uh, losing the losing the animal like that that is traumatic.
1: That if you have cats that think that they're dogs because <laughs> i legitimately i feel like i could totally celebrate this with the cats that i've got because they don't know their cats
0: they don't know their cats you're raising no. them, like dogs
1: they think they're dogs yeah
0: hilarious <laughs> speaking of cats uh i i said this in the pre-chat um a, a stray cat gave birth to a litter underneath my house and uh and Skedaddled, uh, or at least I thought they skedaddled uh, the, the mother because the mother hadn't been seen from, and the cats were crying all through the night. And uh, while I was gone, um, thank God they the people here called the um, SPCA and they came and got them. There were six kittens; they were all under the house. I couldn't tell they were under the house because the way that they were crying, it was coming from both sides of the house. And you know, I assumed that they couldn't get underneath and you know get there. So I figured they had to be on the side and I looked on both sides and I didn't see them, but I heard them and they were Nope. They were underneath the house and they, they went and got them. There were six uh, kittens. They said they were cute as buttons. And uh, no, we did not keep them because it's not a cat house. Uh, But, uh, but uh, I guess the, the stray cat was trying to make it into a cat house. So uh, uh, wait a minute, cat house, uh, pause right there. (laughs) Not Not that kind of cat house. But um but uh yeah so that this is the second time this happened but uh yeah i don't know uh, no uh, i i like animals but i don't want miscellaneous ones that i didn't prepare for
1: <laughs> so, so obviously contained, what we should take away from this is you have feline energy apparently
0: yeah. on on 10 yep. <laughs> so you know so uh, I mean, the
1: universe is trying to tell you something
0: Right on National Dog Day.
1: <laughs> yes, on National Dog Day, get a cat. <laughs> All
0: right. So joining us tonight, uh, this this man. This is uh, his second time on the show. He's a filmmaker. He's an actor. He's a writer. It's the one and only Harley Whalen. How you doing?
3: I'm good, Kenta. How about you?
0: Pretty good, and also a martial artist too.
3: Yeah, yeah. Uh, kind of retired, but I still do uh, shows for. Uh... For a UFC fight pass, so uh, I'm on there every month doing uh, Warrior Wednesdays. So I, I'm still in touch with with the arts, but absolutely.
0: I'll say this: people out there don't run up on Harley in the in a dark alley. It's not going to end well for you. So he ain't that retired.
3: <laughs> no, 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 I'm not that retired.
0: <laughs> but now you are on the silver screen, and you've been killing the game, and you have a new movie coming out. Um, called The Eternal Code. And I'm so fortunate because be, li- living in Los Angeles, I'll be attending the premiere, which is on the 4th of September. So let's talk about the film and then we'll, we'll get into the premiere as well. So Yeah. Mm-hmm.
3: Well, uh, the film itself I wrote, uh, I think we might actually have touched on me uh, writing this last time we talked mm-hmm. because I, I read that article on Facebook that had the Italian doctor who was gonna decapitate a paraplegic man and a brain dead man and put the good head on the good body and make a new human, which is this Frankenstein uh, idea. Mm-hmm. And uh, they they did it on a deceased primates. They saw the nerve endings grow back. So they really feel uh, that they're gonna be able to do this uh, with a medically induced coma to regenerate and have this person live and function again, which sounds, you know, insane actually. But, but we've seen so many uh, the medical advances that who knows? But it made me think because this cri- crazy writer brain uh, starts thinking about the Holy Grail and what what what's going to happen. We can essentially find ways to live forever. Uh, but I, I I thought the premise of changing of heads will still age us and we'll still, uh, we'll still have to fight all those things. Uh, so I, I took it one step further where we can now download the essence uh, of you onto a, a, almost like a drive, plug that into a new human and override all their systems and take them over. Uh, and, and that's the new you. Uh, and then the thoughts of what would happen if we, if we did that you know, with these billionaires, would they order their own new bodies, uh, fully functioning supermodels? Like who would they, what would happen? Um, and uh, they, they came up with a really great tagline that I can't even take credit for, um, But would you kill to live forever is the tag for the film. And I, and I love that aspect because it's the moral dilemma of what would you do if you had access to something like that. And wow. I think that's very interesting.
0: I love it I love it it's so it's so inventive and creepy all at the same time and uh, (laughs) and it it makes you it seems like I haven't seen the film yet but just by listening to the premise it's why it seems like it's one of those films that makes you think like what would you do in this situation or if you had those resources or is that something that you would even want um when you were crafting this story, did you ever think about it from a personal sense of if you were if you had the opportunity, would you?
3: Not not for me at all. I think I think the cycle of life and death is perfect. I I, I really do. It sounds crazy, but I think if I didn't have any urgency to do any of the things that I want to do, that I could have done them whenever a hundred years from now or two hundred years from now. How would we get excellence? How would we get the motivation and all those things? Um, right now, we only have X amount of time, and it could be over at any time. So we're forced to, to chase harder. It's like a hungry lion. You have to eat uh, uh, to continue. And I love that chase. Uh, and it's kind of like how I've lived my whole life. All my awards are in boxes. I enjoy them the day I get them. And then I put them away and I look at the future. It's just the my mindset's that way. So it wouldn't be for me. Mm. Yeah, it but, wouldn't be for me either.
0: <laughs> right, yeah. yeah. Um, but it's still fun to talk about, right?
1: Definitely. Yeah, it
3: is. I think a lot of people would love that. You know, uh, isn't Rockefeller on his sixth heart or something?
0: Right, right, right.
3: Uh, yeah. Yeah.
0: Um, so what was some of the biggest challenges in uh, in creating this film? Um, you know, pre and post, and during as well.
3: Well, pre was budgeting because this film needed uh, an uh, ensemble Ensemble cast. cast. Uh, I mean, I have uh, Scout Taylor Compton, uh, Billy Worth, I have uh, Jan uh, Birch, I have uh, 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 Richard Tyson, uh, Mel Novak, so a lot of a lot of really solid and, and strong names, and uh, and and I wanted to make it that way because it's not a, a film that's going to get a ton of views just by genre, and and in this instant world, a lot of people aren't going to read enough to to know what they, uh, uh, you know, what the movie's about and invest themselves to that degree. So I wanted to have enough cast that people said, you know what, I got to watch that thing. So budgeting was the biggest in pre-production in production. I think the biggest challenge was that I was leaving for a vacation with a hard out. My, uh, my business partner, Nancy, was leaving for China with a hard out. um, And the film had to be shot very aggressively before we all left. uh, Because after that, we would be into a new season filming the, uh, this film and it wouldn't have felt right. Um, so that was tricky to, to build this uh, shooting schedule. Um, and I also had a brand new cinematographer uh, on this film that i never worked with before. Oh, that's um, always it, risky. It, 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 a lot of juggling, new audio guy, new cinematographer. Um, it, it was a lot of balls in the air that I had to juggle for this one. Um, but I love challenges though. So uh, so I, I, I it was a lot of fun. Um, editing of this film if you're talking in post uh, was more challenging as well because because it's so action filled and so uh the film moves we wanted a camera that 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 followed along with the pace of the film so that it was shot almost exclusively on steadicam or 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 dollies and whatnot wow. um and that's a little trickier to edit than uh, than your regular, uh, you know, standard, you know, tripod type of shots.
1: Yeah, I was just going to ask you how right. it was how this was different from, say, your last film and, and what mm-hmm. kinds of, you know, whether it was uniquely different because it is a little bit more um, it's a little bit more conceptual. Yeah, and That played into, you know, like, was it actually different to do this than it was to do some of the other stuff that you've done?
3: Yeah, yeah I think what I tried to do is I tried to let the film tell me what it wants. Let, let the story tell me, and then I'll try to, to, to bring that to the table. But I really felt that this thing moves a lot, and I wanted to keep that movement alive. Um, and, and have the camera be a, a, a louder voice than it is in my other films um, because it, it's intriguing when that camera moves in on you. But it's trickier to edit as well because you can't uh, maintain the, your traditional angles always. Um, and uh, a, a little bit more pressure on an actor too uh, when when you're going to have to hold sometimes on a shot for a, a bit of an extended time. But I... But it, I I'm happy with uh, with the turnout, so I hope uh, hope the audience is going to be giddy about that as well. Mm-hmm.
1: Oh, I you know I, I I one other thing that I wanted to ask, which I think is uh, kind of interesting, right? Which is how is this different from what you did previously? That is, how did you did you approach this with a different kind of mindset? It's the the the. the because the topic is so conceptual, mm-hmm. did you have to, I think, what I'm thinking is the, the last time that we had you on the show, right? The, the movie that we were talking about seemed really solid, right? And, Betrayed. And it, and it had some pretty concrete points in it. But this one is a lot more conceptual, and so yes. I was wondering, you know, was that harder? Was it more difficult in post or during production? Or what, what was your experience?
3: I think it was a harder... Um, I think it's a little harder because you're working with a brand new cinematographer uh, and you're trying to get... And this was his first feature. So, so I had to coach him through some of the stuff. Uh, but I also realizing editing in post... Uh, that is trickier, but but as far as the, my mindset, I just wanted the camera to dance with the subject, which makes blocking harder. I, I just knew that that's what I wanted to do. Uh, I chose to not go heavily into the sci-fi side of this uh, and focus on the 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 problem at hand. So the the device has already been made. Two genetic research companies came together to make this when one finds out that the other one is selling this to the highest bidder and and essentially uh, this has now become what the rich people are gonna do to live forever. And then they pull out. So we're essentially seeing the aftermath of creating this in the film.
2: Nice. Go ahead, Grace. Well, I was also gonna ask you in regards to that because you said that it was a brand new cinematographer and team. And it's so essentially important that when you have that relationship, was it also a new editor as well uh, from what I was hearing for uh, ed- same editing team?
3: The editing, the editor, uh, I finally have now the editor that I think I'm going to stick with for quite a while. Uh, Fred Mossman has a, a full post-production studio in Florida and uh, he's incredible. He actually uh, also edited Aggramon's Gate, which I shot before uh, Eternal Code but uh, it, w- it will come out uh, in February. It's having a really, really strong run on the festival circuit. Um, so it's the same editor, but the, the cinematographer, uh, I wanted somebody who was really, really strong with, with, uh, with a steady Steadicam uh, and, and good with movement uh, and, uh, and lighting for something that was gonna, potentially could be a one-shot scene. So that was
2: actually done as an accidental or an on purpose? On purpose. In terms of it?
3: In, on purpose. I, okay,
2: I, so you wanted to work with this new specific cinematographer because of their technical abilities with the steady cam and with the a non-traditional filming.
3: Well, the techniques. I, it, I worked the other way around. So the film told me that it needed that. And then I went out and found him, if that makes sense. Yes. Yeah. So, so the film, I knew that if that if I shoot this the way I shot Betrayed, it wouldn't move enough because this film moves. There's chases and fight scenes and shootings and a a lot of stuff that moves. And uh, and I needed a camera that could dance with the subject. And uh, and and I just needed somebody really strong with that steady cam. So uh, so I found Jackson. Uh, Jackson Swan was my. Uh, cinematographer. And, uh, and uh, yeah, it was, uh, it was uh, a lot of fun, but like you said, changing, uh, changing uh, your team uh, adds a challenge. That's for sure.
2: It also changes the dynamic of the team as well. And it also changes as well the challenge of people who've all worked together and then having a new person come in with their style and uh, being able to come in and get their cinematography, uh, their cinematography, I, on the subject as well as well as also with the actor relationship because if they could tell that the director and cinematographer aren't getting Mm -hmm. uh, you know aren't completely simpatico with one another and aren't feeling one unit it could feel very stilted to the actors do you feel that it also changed a little on their performance
3: um i don't think so i think uh as a director i try not to get frustrated even when it gets frustrating uh because it's uh it's funny, but I, I was on a cruise a long time ago and, uh, uh, there was a hurricane right around the, the islands where that we were heading out to, but it was supposed to turn and go into the Atlantic, uh, and that really hit us. Well, the, I guess the hurricane didn't get the memo because suddenly we're at sea and, uh, the hurricane is heading our way. Oh no! The captain of this, uh, cruise ship was so calm and collected. Um, uh, I never ever felt in danger and we, we didn't touch land for three and a half days. Mm. And, and afterwards mm-hmm. I talked to these guys that worked the boat and they said they were like ready with lifeboats to like, this was the worst storm this captain had ever been in. I had no idea. That's a good captain. Right. You know what yeah. I mean? Cause you can't have pandemonium mm-hmm. on the boat. Same way with the director. Correct. If you're a director and you and you start caving under pressure, um then, then it's gonna be a long, long night or a long day. So you, you gotta stay uh stay uh remember it's gonna be a hard shoot. Yeah, you're almost <laughs> a
0: coach. Right. Now being a director um of a major production, uh there's a lot of headaches that come along with it. What was there a scene in particular that kept you up at night be, the night before? Like you were like, Oh boy, this is going to be, you know, this is going to be something.
3: Yeah, we had, we, we actually have a few of those. Um, the opening sequences are fairly intense, but we're after the intense portion, we go immediately into a boardroom meeting where the uh, female CEO of the one company puts down her veto and, and it's a fairly uh, long uh, monologue. And I just knew that she had to kill that because it's so early in the film. Uh, and, and it needed to be a strong statement because in that room you have, you know, Richard Tyson, Jan and and, and, and Mel and all sitting right there, looking at you and, uh, and you have to, Bring it with everything you have and and uh, uh and Erica was amazing, but that one I was nervous about because if you can't if you can't pull that off as the second scene of the film, we're in trouble
0: right oh wow oh that's very exciting stuff um now in in the process of uh, bringing this this uh story to film um there's a lot of science I imagine in the film and um so how how was that process of of making the science make sense you know, in the film.
3: Yeah, like, like I said, I mean, I think we used the head transplant as the foundation mm-hmm. of what they have been doing mm-hmm. and the science for that kind of already exists. Um, so the second step was this drive and, and because it's already been made, the prototype was already made, I avoided that sci-fi subject to get overly complex um, one of the things that I hear from a lot of people, uh, one of my favorite movies, uh, I, I really love inception and I love identity and I love the usual suspect, uh, because I love those clever films. A lot of people get really frustrated because they don't have the, 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 the they have too much ADHD. So they can't, they can't focus on that story and they lose themselves. And then they're like, well, what happened there? Are they still there? and, and, and. <laughs> I didn't want to make it overly complicated because there's so much complexity to it already that we didn't dive very deep into the science beyond that. That's why I chose to make the film of of the moral consequences of having it.
0: Mm. Oh wow. Okay. So was there um was there like kind of a rule of thumb that you had when it came to uh like the science that made it into the film? Like, did it have to already exist? Did you create anything that was just kind of Harley's science, you know? <laughs> or was it all pretty much close to the vest?
3: I think I think we went after some of the stuff that was in the article about cooling down the body, slowing down the heart rate and inducing a, a medical coma. We went with all those things Um, we use the proper medication, uh, terminologies, um, et et cetera, as far as, uh, identical, I, I I obviously not, there's probably a lot more to this, but, uh, uh, yeah, I mean, we, we, we went after that so that when, uh, when we get to the place where we actually do change bodies, uh, we have an idea of what happened.
0: Oh, okay. Nice. Now, um, Now, this genre specifically, um, um, how how would you, I mean, would you call it sci-fi, thriller? Uh, What would you call this genre?
3: I would probably say like a a crime drama or a thriller. Thriller is probably the right terminology, but it has action aspects. It has sci-fi aspects. uh, But usually, you know, when you you coin your film a sci-fi, usually that means, you know, little green monsters or, or some, some kind of, uh, uh, some kind of uh, uh, special effects in that direction uh, because it has a sci-fi film.
0: Oh, all right. So, uh, you, uh, oh, go uh, ahead.
1: yeah, I just wanted to ask, so <clears throat> on, how did yeah. you actually come to that? Uh, like ha- how did you decide that the genre didn't fit sci-fi?
3: Well, I think it could if we did a film about creating it uh it probably would have been very sci fi because we would have seen the process of making this thing uh where again, what I am always intrigued by is the moral dilemma so in mm-hmm. in in betrayed it's the it's the the whole thing of he just relentlessly takes women and girls uh and, and, and he handles them like cattle. And to, to, to this room it's nothing. uh, uh see the whole play with the mayor and the cartel and everything else. And and, and, and to, to sit there and think about how many people, and unfortunately 99.9% are men, do this. And that there isn't even a market for this. is insanity. But that's the moral dilemma that I wanted to wrestle with. Uh, and a little bit of the moral dilemma in there as well was with the uh, the mayor's daughter who went somewhere she shouldn't have, but she she said, ah, well, I'll just do it this one time. And and I love those things because that's nobody turns evil overnight or evil over one thing. What we do is we keep pushing that boundary, uh, and and we continuously step into the gray. And and I love playing with that in films because that's what we can all relate to, where we say. I wouldn't do that but I sure know some people that would Mm. or maybe some people would do that
0: Hmm. well I mean I'm looking forward to this premiere now anyone who knows if you're from Los Angeles or even if you're not you've heard of the man Chinese I don't think it's man anymore right it's uh, something else huh TCL yeah TCL Chinese right Uh, theater
2: TCL, yeah, right, right. Whoever bought it now,
0: it's a huge honor to have your films premiere there, it's amazing. Um, and your film will be premiering there on uh Wednesday, uh, September 4th. Talk about uh, the premiere and um, what people can expect who would you know who's going to the premiere, as like myself.
3: Well, yeah, last time when we we had a premiere there was with Betrayed. And it was an amazing experience. We had a lot of fans that came out for autographs and we had a, a lot of stars uh, this time around. I think we have outdone ourselves completely um, We have uh, oscar nominated actors we have uh, multiple Emmy winners we have uh, uh, just an incredible uh, uh, slew of people coming which i I take as a as a huge compliment to what we have what we have done because they Wouldn't be there unless they had some form of interest in what we're doing, so uh, so that's a huge compliment. And uh, and I think, yeah, before I even moved here from Sweden, I knew of the Chinese theater. Uh, I the Oscars has been held there, I love this place, and and to be there, uh, and and have your movie, you know, premiere screening there, it was kind of funny because it's actually. I should tell, I don't know if I should say this or not. It's actually not the, the first screening of the film. it's screened at Indie Gatherings uh, Film Festival in uh, Ohio. We won Best Crime Drama. And it starts actually in theaters uh, uh, in the Midwest through Imagine a week before it starts uh, everywhere else, which is November 6th.
2: <laughs> so you're going to be in my territory. And- you're gonna be in my territory in, in Missouri. You going to be in Michigan, even yeah, <laughs> that's Missouri, gonna be cool. Chicago and uh, and
3: Minnesota and Minneapolis are all gonna, yep. uh,
0: gonna have the film
3: and they uh,
2: Oh so you do doing upper midwest.
0: Yeah, she said so upper midwest. She do upper midwest.
2: Yeah oh
3: yeah, upper midwest, yep. Yep, so even if- Imagine Theater nice. is a, a newer, uh, like, luxury uh, theater chain. And we've had all of our local premieres through them uh, for as long as I can remember. And uh, and they offered to be a, a limited theatrical point for us up here in the, in the Midwest. And uh, and uh, they didn't know that we were already uh, starting our, our VOD and everything else on the 6th. So, uh, so they said our, 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 theater only shows films that are not somewhere else. So is there any way that we can start the theatrical for us a week early? And I talked to vision, my distributor mm-hmm. and, uh, and they gave them a green light. So it's, uh, it's pretty exciting. So, uh, we have our Michigan premiere on Friday. We have a sneak peek at all those theaters, um, on Thursday, uh, this week. So, uh, so we're right about, uh, to hit the theaters here
0: that is so cool i'm so happy for you man
3: thank you yeah
0: it's very exciting and um so you know i know this the the big premiere hasn't happened yet but i gotta ask you what's coming next after you have you have your next project lined up
3: yeah so uh we are in pre-production right now actually we're in development so we're funding but we're planning on november uh called The Peculiar Mind of Peter Strauss uh, as the working mm. title. And this is uh, a real mind trip uh, and a very, very unique concept. Uh, and I'm, I'm really looking forward to this. Uh, still, the funding has to work for this because it's another film that I wouldn't want to do without the right funds. Uh, so I have two scripts that are on the, on the line for November uh, but I really hope we can do that one, and I and I can uh, get the budget together for that. Uh, as far as films coming out, this is going to be a hectic year. Uh, I'm releasing "Abstruse," uh, my uh, uh, it's like a, a, a very dark thriller with uh, Tom Sizemore and Dennis Haskins. Oh, yeah. uh, and and "Enigma" is coming out, which is uh, mm-hmm. a horror thriller, uh, and they're both releasing on November first. Uh, so that's coming right around the corner when we're done with this.
0: you just yes, a releasing machine. machine, man. Yeah. yeah, it should be Harley the machine. <laughs> uh, right. And Harley. then, uh, if you remember
3: Bennett's song, uh, the sequel uh, will be picture locked this week, and mm. then after that, we go into sound design and uh, and scoring, uh, and then that, that one should be coming out in theaters probably in December. Um, wow right for the holidays and and I'm very happy with that film and mm. um, then you have Agramon's Gate coming out in theaters in February and then I have my trump card which is uh Ash and Bone we just shot that with uh, Jamie Bernadette mm. holy bananas that is going to be probably the exclamation point so far of uh of films that I've ever made mm-hmm. it's incredible movie um with the feel of uh, House of Wax, uh, a little bit of uh, uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, a uh, really dark, uh, scary thing. Mm, that's
1: uh, nice, ooh, powerful.
0: Yeah, I love it though. I, I love that you don't just stick in one genre that you, you know, you do comedy, romantic comedies, you do yeah. uh, action films, you know, thrillers. I love it, man. And that that's what that's what a real artist does, and I love it, man. You stay busy. Yeah,
3: I mean, listen to Rolling Stones. They made all kinds of slow songs, fast songs, dark songs, light songs. Uh, I mean, if 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 it calls you, go. Uh, If if it's a great story, then tell it. It doesn't matter what genre it is. Right.
2: So, what kind of budgets, though? By the way, do you like working? Well, with? I think
3: we're uh, we're kind of in a in a funny situation right now because we have been staying just below the 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 ULB uh, number. So our films have been just under two hundred uh, and fifty thousand, and we have some connections right now uh, that really want to see us bump uh, bump up a lot. Uh, so so it's likely what's going to come. Uh, after this film, we're shooting uh, in 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 November. But the one for next year, uh, we may only maybe two films next year, uh, and and up the budgets and up the stakes and bring in some bigger names. Uh, slow down the production a couple of days. Get a get a get a little bit more uh, uh, coverage, and uh, and uh, just uh, be able to. to strive to a higher level of excellence. You know, you look at some of the films that we watch on the big screen that they, they took, you know, months and months to shoot, um, uh, you know, Eternal Code had a 16 day shooting schedule. Wow. So wow. Well, that's the thing, you, you know, you, 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 uh, you know, if you can slow down that pace a little bit, if you can get some, some, some higher and higher end actors, if you can get a really skilled high-end uh, DP and gaffer, uh, you can really do magic. But it but it costs more money. Everything, everything, when you're trying to up your quality and production value, uh, trying to push that that is really important to us. So uh, that that costs money.
0: Wow. Well, I'm looking forward to uh, next week. Uh, I'm gonna be there with bells on, uh, literally. Uh, <laughs> and uh, I'm looking forward to meeting you in person uh, once again how can people get uh, how can people get you in social media and where can they pick up your films
3: so all the films are either available on on DVD or VOD uh, the the least expensive way to get is, is on Amazon Prime uh, you can find Bennett's song moving parts and Betrayed on there right now um we'll add a few films to that this year, but, uh, uh, so that's the way where you can find the films as far as getting a hold of me, uh, uh Harley Wallen on Facebook, uh, uh, official Harley Wallen on, uh, Instagram and then Harley, the Swede on, uh, on uh, Twitter. And I know it's confusing that I have a bunch of different names, but when I was fighting, uh, I made my, my Twitter handle, and I guess they're not that easy to, to change. Uh, so I've I just kept it, and uh, and uh, yeah, so that's me.
0: All right. Well, thank you so much, and uh, we'll be looking forward to it. Uh,
3: thank
1: uh, you. I'm looking yeah. forward
0: to seeing
3: you there. Mm-hmm. Best
1: right. of luck, I'll be there in spirit, I promise. Um, All right. Well,
0: right. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll believe you. We'll... you Take care. Show... All right. That, that's going to be a lot of fun. Um, before we... Yeah, before we get on out of here, That's I wanted just to it. bring up a couple of topics right by you guys. Uh this is Spotlight Week. We'll be on um every day this week. So uh um and uh you know tomorrow we're gonna be doing our top ten tear jerkers list. Uh these are top yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, so. the top ten movies that make you cry. So uh, I'm looking forward to hearing everybody's list. Uh, actually, Joshua is going to be joining us tomorrow for that. So that's oh, going to be
1: awesome.
0: Cool. So I wanted to go over some um, entertainment news while we have you. Some things have come out recently, and I kind of wanted to get your guys' take really? on it. Um, one thing was announced. Uh, are you guys friend, fans of a, a little TV show called Breaking Bad?
1: Teen-a-bit. Just a teeny-a-bit.
0: <laughs> Did you watch Re- Breaking Bad, Grayson? Uh, Only a few. A few
1: episodes, oh, yeah. Really?
0: Wow, you haven't seen Breaking Bad.
1: Oh, man, apparently I have a really addictive personality. Uh, I couldn't stop watching Yeah.
0: Okay,
2: so.
1: Well, don't
0: forget I, I have oh, to break like, out of things. face. So I don't need to
2: know. <laughs> um, okay, so. <laughs>
0: It was announced kind of a surprise that, I mean, we knew that there was a Breaking Bad movie coming out, but I was, I mean, aren't you shocked that it, that uh, it's going to be released October 11th? That's like, so. I'm
2: I'm kind of excited about it, even though I only saw a few episodes. I'm like, yeah.
0: And uh, it's called El Camino. You know what's
2: really surprising about that?
0: uh Uh-huh.
1: How did they keep that under wraps for so long? I mean, you know that that had to have been in production for a while. How did they keep that under wraps? That's,
2: that's pretty good. Well, they probably managed to do it by, like, you know, pretty much keeping the cast <laughs> their mouth shut. threatening shit. and cajoling? Yeah. Well, like they did with, you know all of the people with like any Game of Thrones spoilers. It's like things like that because
0: everything Vince Gilligan touches in the Breaking Bad universe for sure. Yeah. So, I mean, Better Call Saul is awesome. Breaking Bad is great. So I'm looking forward to uh, El Camino. We got to definitely do a review on it when it comes out and it's going to be on Netflix and which is pretty cool. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah.
0: So, uh, and I mean, I'm not gonna, I guess we can't say too much because Grayson hasn't seen it. Cause uh, it, to talk about what it's about kind of will ruin the show for Grayson. So, but um, I like where they're going with this and it should be pretty good. So yeah, I, I'm just looking forward to seeing, you know how this comes out and, and uh, I have a lot of faith in, you know, in the... um Breaking Bad uh crew. So yeah, that, that's gonna be pretty cool. Also came out, surprise, surprise, the Matrix four and Yeah, and
2: I heard they're Reeves all committed. Carrie
0: Moss, uh Carrie and Moss um are gonna be um reprising their roles. Now spoiler alert, didn't Neo die? Yeah. Uh, Revolution, or was it? Yeah, revolutions,
1: yeah, but it's the matrix. You can reboot the matrix,
0: I guess. Yeah, so are is anybody excited for
1: top of meta?
0: Are you guys excited for and oh, I forgot? Um, and the Wachowski, I think her name is uh now Leanne, something like that. So that's what the Uh, yeah, uh, Lana. No, I'm sorry. It's something
2: Lana.
0: Like that. Lana Wachowski, yeah. who Lana. I forgot when there was a dude. Uh, I forgot what what was the Wachowski name before? I can't remember. But anyway.
2: Oh, right. Kristen something. Well, Lana or... Wachowski
0: is going to be the director. Uh, uh, her brother or her sister is not involved in the project. So how do you guys feel about that? That one of the Wachowskis is going to be involved?
2: Well, it's going to be kind of interesting because you know, it's like usually they work as a unit and it'll be nice to see, you know, like what you can do yeah, as a solo uh, act. Uh,
0: what about you, uh, Jen? Are you?
2: Uh,
1: I, I personally will go see Keanu Reeves eat oatmeal if that's what's on the screen. So I'm good. I'm good.
0: Well, I heard this. Spoiler alert. There's a big oatmeal eating scene. Oh, and- my
1: God. See, they probably wrote it in for me. That's probably right happen Actually, I I have to say something serious about this, which is it, it. This is I feel like we are in really slippery territory here, right? I know that the Matrix is really popular, and but you know I've seen this happen a lot, and it is a little bit, um, I, frightening isn't the right word, but it it could be a little bit. Uh, I don't know. Sometimes it's disenchanting to see stuff get remade and remade and remade and remade because we just had an awesome. Person on the show who's coming up with new, fresh material, and uh, you know, I I know there's only so many different stories to be told, but honestly, sometimes I I worry that we are so baked into our this is what we like that we forget how to break out of those molds. I don't know. I mean, like I I have really weird feelings about it because I wanted to be successful. I love Keanu Reeves. I love the story of the Matrix. It's amazing, but Wow, we are really in just remake on remake on remake on remake on remake. And it's, I mean, it's tedious after a while. It is. Yeah, it
0: definitely is. And you know, he's also doing Bill and Ted number three. So
1: right, right. That's another one. Yeah. But you know that one I actually don't mind so much oh, yeah. because enough time has kind of gone by to make it feel like it might be a bit fresh and relevant especially to newer audiences but the matrix doesn't feel like th- I know it was a while ago but it doesn't
0: 2003, like right.
1: <laughs> you know and it just I I don't know it's hard for me to sort of like come up with good audience wisdom about why we go back to these things over and over again. You know, it, it it's almost like we're sort of afraid to experience brand new stories because we don't want to be disappointed because, you know, we want something that feels tried and true. We want something that feels comfortable. And yet when you see what they do a lot of times with these uh, with their remakes, they don't really make them any better. And that is concerning to me.
0: Right. You would think that we had got together with this because you were talking about the remakes and remakes. And my next thing, my whole point of bringing this up is being that Keanu Reeves just did uh, John Wick 3 and, and he's currently filming um, Bill, and, Bill and Ted 3. Bill and Ted 3. And now three. he's going on to The Matrix 4. We have to bring up, this is an impromptu. Let's talk about... Some other movies that of Keanu Reeves' back catalog that they should that they should make a um uh another movie in and uh, okay. of course it's all tongue in cheek, so <laughs> <laughs> so we're not really serious. But what would be some interest? What would be another Keanu Reeves movie that um that uh, they should make a sequel to? So obviously, quote wink wink, not make a sequel to, but you
1: know, uh, <laughs> wink wink, not make a sequel to. Yeah. Well, I'd go see. I'd go see. Knock knock, too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
2: there you go. Oh,
0: that's funny. Knock knock, too. Oh man. Well, what about you, Grayson? Knock knock, too. That's hilarious. That's the quote of the.
2: Yeah, that would be kind of funny. It's well, what like... did
0: you see, uh, Grayson? What another Keanu? Oh
2: goodness! It's like um. I can't really see a whole lot of uh, movies with him. That I, um, that one that the he was in that two? football movie. Yes, the
0: replacements <laughs> part three. I think we get
2: Constantine
1: back.
0: Constantine part two.
1: Yeah, I mean he had got. He, but there's so much better actors for Constantine now. What about the Devil's Advocate? Yeah, how about too?
0: this? Now forget the Devil's Advocate too. The day the Earth stood still, still, stiller. The day
1: the Earth stiller. Yes. Is, is that a story about <laughs> alcohol or something
0: else? <laughs> right.
2: Yeah. It's like, you know, and also like regarding the replacement the hit replaced, they by now, They the get replacement. Or how
0: about this? Uh, the lake house too.
2: No, I wouldn't. <laughs> yeah. That's
1: ancient history. There already. you
0: go. Uh, okay, so... Um, I,
1: I would go. I would go see a Scanner Darkly, though. I mean, if they like did a fresh retake on that, that would be awesome. I love that.
0: Scanner Darkly. Okay, Scanner Darkly. Or, um, or John- Johnny. Nermanic.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Johnny Nermonic part two, like, yeah, he would probably be like, no, <laughs> I think he would. No Johnny Nermonic two. What about uh, Dracula? Because you know his accent was like awesome, so.
1: Right, that is, yeah. right. no, you know what? You know, Honestly, you know what my favorite uh, Keanu Reeves movie is? And he wasn't even a huge, huge part of it. Um, it was uh, Dangerous Liaisons.
0: Oh yeah, that's a great movie. I mean, yeah. I don't count that as a Keanu Reeves movie. I mean, he was- I know, he was in it. Well, just
2: like what you do about nothing. It's like that was all Bran and He was like a side character, he but he, he actually was really,
1: really good at being very clueless and dangerous liaisons, I have to say, I mean, that was actually a really cool role for him at the time. Yeah, I liked it. Um,
0: okay, so, um, all right. So moving on. Um, uh, did anyone see the Mandalorian um, trailer? I did. Yeah, that's the, the Star Wars uh, TV show that's going to be on the Disney streaming platform. And it looks pretty impressive. It looks like, it you know, they really put some money into it. Um, So uh, that looks pretty good. Uh, what do you guys think about Disney streaming platform? I mean, I think it's a obviously it's a great idea because Disney has so much content. Uh, so what do you guys think about Disney having a streaming platform?
2: To be honest, it's like, you know what, I'm glad that we're starting to open up more streaming uh, platforms and uh, for more room for content, because if we are going to be starting to shrink the windows anyways, we may as well have like more content and more to choose from, because a lot of people, that's one of the things uh, that keep them still watching television is that, you know, you have so many channel options to choose from. With Netflix, uh, Amazon, with all of that, they have so many products to choose from, but by having more streaming platforms, it's going to get them more competitive with right. each other to buy you know,
1: I, I, have, I have sort of a mixed feeling about this because uh, although I do believe that streaming uh, platforms are really the wave of the future, the, the problem is that the, the competition for eyeballs is, is, I think, going to permanently dilute what is able to be shown. That is, you're only going to ever get a certain percentage of the audience because the days of big content aggregation feel like they are coming to a close. Now, I know Disney's got a lot of content in their catalogs, but it doesn't, to me, it still feels like, okay, so they've got one and that seems like a pretty big advantage. But overall, some of the best content that has come out, especially, let's say, like on Netflix, has been really original stuff that it wasn't it didn't originate yes. in a big studio. It didn't originate off of uh, you know, a, a really huge production. And that stuff feels like it's at risk because we are now moving into sort of a different age where all of the big companies that used to aggregate all of their content through the streaming services are now having their own streaming services. And so how many $7 a month uh, memberships, are you actually going to be able to support in your house before you say, okay, well, that's all that I can have? I mean, you know, at at the point of your cable bill or like,
2: where do you make that? Well, actually, a lot of people are turning away from their cable bills for exactly that because they can get their same content on any of the streaming uh, channels. And what it's going to force it to do it's going to force them to either a cross platform with each other in terms of content for uh, people or what it's going to wind up doing is it's going to wind up being that it's like for more original content, people are going to keep coming and coming and coming, but now they're going to have competitors to choose from. See what used to be is like, okay, you wanted your independent film to be done. Netflix was the bomb. Then Amazon jumped into the game but they're still doing a lot of the commercial ones. Now that the Warner brothers and all of them are coming through what they're starting to sit there and say is like, okay, well, you built the better uh, mousetrap now for the people in terms of distribution channels that they have their eyeballs. Why don't we build our own distribution channels as well and start getting to be back and being competitive. Why are we allowing, uh, you know, the Apple iTunes channels and all of those things to hold the game? So what they're basically going to do is they're going to open up their wallets to more independent film and more independent content. What the fight's going to be is going to be a fight for the audience to go, okay, well, what service do I want to go with? And they might wind up with like, you know, the way that we have a Roku for TV, almost having a Roku sort of thing for your streaming one. You could get this from Netflix, this from Amazon, you know, it's like kind of doing a combo pack type deal that it might
0: eventually come down right. to it. well I, you know i have i'm subscribed to a bunch of stuff i probably you know what i need to do is cuz it's kind of gotten out of control i need to just sit down and figure out which ones i want to keep and which ones i got to i don't even need cuz i i barely use hulu you know i but- amazon i is a must more than probably anything
1: I I feel like this is actually going to come down a little bit differently. I feel like it's going to come down to real similar to the way that Directv does their channel choices, where they create sort of yeah. packages that have X, Y, and Z, and then you get to choose those. Because I'll tell you, I have every single pay channel. Okay, That's right. Well, I got rid of Cinemax. Sorry, Cinemax. I
0: love you, but no more Cinemax.
1: There was nothing good on. Yeah, I don't even I don't even like Cinemax. <laughs> <laughs> but um, but. The, but it's awesome because all of the titles are basically available. I mean, we are getting ready to do a rewatch of Deadwood again and it's because HBO's got everything basically aggregated right on our uh on our TV. So I mean, that stuff is really awesome, but where uh where where things sort of come into different functional play is, and I wonder how this is going to work, right? Is we still have, we've got two models of entertainment in this country, right? We've got the big model, which is, uh, which is big budget production movies. And then we've got this secondary market, which is almost overtaking the bigger market, which is these, you know, eight to 10 series episodes, which are costing just about as much as major motion pictures, if not more. And the portal that they are are pushing this out to doesn't have the same kind of theatrical reach. And so I really wonder, you know, where I think the market will decide. I, I feel like that, obviously, is kind of how it's going to come down. Yeah. But I hope in my, uh, in my, you know, kind of bones that what will happen is all this awesome content will end up getting aggregated by the cable companies so the cable will never get rid of the cable companies and the cable companies will end up sort of helping us by being the selection model for what we get
2: well we're also uh, getting into also then Quibbies and things like that that are coming up which it's like what we're doing now is we're starting to stream on multiple places Mm.
0: Quibi. Well, it's a uh, it's it's so much that we can uh, talk about, uh, but we have to go. Um, I'm gonna start off with you, Very Grace. True. And how can people get you <laughs> on social media? And what should we be on the lookout for you as far as your projects?
2: Well, well, you can stalk me on Facebook, on LinkedIn, on the Twitter. Yes, I still have my Twitter account, though there's now like 42 <laughs> followers as opposed to 37 followers. <laughs> go, that, uh, go me <laughs> in regards to that, because that's like I hardly ever Twitter. But uh, even if you Twitter me, I will answer you, I swear. Um, you can get me on uh, basically LinkedIn, Facebook, and also uh, There, uh, You also can see me on my Movie Time channel. Still, it's like we will be coming up with more movie time episodes, as I've said to people. Please be patient with us on that. It's like we are coming up also on our AFM episodes that will be coming up uh, there. It's like there is about 117 episodes that are in the backlog channels. Sorry, but I will not pay Adobe for their editing software. And notice I edited out the word that I was going to use with the F word. Thank you. But... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> for their software subscription service. But otherwise, it's like you can also see me coming up on, uh, we're starting so- shortly our pre production on What Did She Say? And please go on our What Did She Say homepage on Facebook, as well as also on the Past Lives Productions Inc. website. Uh, it's inc.com and check out all of our films that are coming up. Also, I will be in, after What Did She Say? directing, streaming Sarah, another production. So look, uh, watch out for, uh, for me, no
1: world cause here I come. Uh, Jen, <laughs> how
0: can people get you in social media and all that good stuff?
2: Um, uh, wait, one
1: more Keanu Reeves movie before we go. Uh huh. The one where he teamed up with, uh, Jason Momoa. What was it called?
0: Oh that, yeah. That, that weird movie.
1: Bad, bad. Yeah. Uh, I, really. There's no actual artistic reason for me wanting to see that other than just wanting to see Jason Momoa and Keanu Reeves together. So yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. better than to like Those two men. Yeah. Yes. Um so you can find me on social media at following bliss one on Twitter and you can look at my websites over at critical laughs.com and moviesmakethemeal.com.
0: All right, and you can get me at f on Twitter, Kente Ferguson at uh, Instagram, Indy Radio that's indyradio.org is the website. Uh, this is Spotlight Week. We'll be on tomorrow night. At six PM Pacific, nine Eastern, with the top ten uh, movie tearjerkers. So if you are like, if you like movies, and you like movies that make you boo hoo, uh, tomorrow night, right here at Get Vocal at six PM Pacific, we'll be going over our list. Bring your list too, and we will acknowledge your list as well. Um, so this is uh, this all week will be uh, spotlight episodes, um, starting in about fifteen minutes uh, in another room here on Get Vocal we will be doing uh, Long Distance Relationships. We'll be covering that on, on Men and Women Talk, the Mars Venus show. So I'm looking forward to that. And as well, we're going to be talking terror this week, as well as Cinema de fromage. We will be doing Plan 9 from Outer Space. So we have a busy week uh, of shows on indie Radio. Uh, you guys have a great rest of your week. God bless you, and have a good night.
2: See you later, all.